Before we get started today, I just want to remind everyone that those discounts I mentioned last week are still active at Blick. So those were the Artist Tape, the Disposable Palette Pads, and the Gamsol Odorless Mineral Spirits. So if you're in need of any of those fine products, make sure that you navigate to the Blick website using our affiliate link, which is MessyStudioPodcast.com slash Blick. When you use our affiliate link, Blick will donate 10% of your purchase to the Messy Studio. It costs you nothing, and it's a great way to support the show. So once again, that's MessyStudioPodcast.com slash Blick. On with the show. Hello and welcome to the Messy Studio with Rebecca Kroll, the podcast at the intersection of art, travel, entrepreneurship, philosophy, and life in general. I am Ross Tickner, Rebecca's audio producer, podcast guru, and her son. On today's episode, we are talking about art and aging. Many of our listeners to this podcast are in their older years, and the rest of us can only hope to find ourselves there one day. Aging brings with it many challenges. These are as specific and diverse as our own personalities, and yet as common as anything else shared by millions of people. While physical abilities and stamina may decline for older artists, aging can also contribute to creative work in positive ways. With me, as always, is Rebecca Kroll. Hello, everyone. So aging is a really big topic, and it's it's an important one for a lot of us. And I just want to share some of my own thoughts today, which happens to be two days before my 68th birthday. Uh, So aging's on my mind today, and it's on my mind every day in some way or another. And I know that this is also true for a lot of my friends who are my age and and older. Um, You know, it's part of the human condition. We all deal with if we're lucky enough to live a long life. And I, I find it, you know, somewhat amusing, I suppose, to find myself and other people talking about oh, medical issues, aches and pains, etc. When, when, when we get together, we're sitting around talking. And I, I remember as a young person saying, oh, uh, you know, hearing older people do that, and like, oh, I'm never going to do that, you know. And I, I just didn't know that, you know, there would come a day when I'm going to wake up every morning with this little kind of checklist going on in my head of how I'm feeling, you know, what hurts, what doesn't hurt, you know, what's my energy level. Um, that's kind of the reality of the physical body. It becomes a really, you know, present issue. And um, and so, of course, you know, everybody, everybody my age talks about this stuff. So anyway, I thought, well, why not talk about it here? Not necessarily um, aches and pains, but you know, in the picture of what does that mean? Um, what does aging mean for artists? And it's also, I, I find it to be kind of a, a follow up to last week's podcast when we talked about, um, we talked about persevering in your work in the aftermath of some big disruption. Um, and I should also say that I, I want to credit, um, the artist uh, True Rhines for he had sent me a, a thoughtful email about this topic because he was thinking about it and it it's also what led me to consider uh, talking about this uh, for this podcast. So last week, yeah, we talked about you know carrying on after some big disruption, and it occurs to me that aging is basically one big ongoing disruption. And yeah. <laughs> you know, I mean. In a small way, different things come up, and in the bigger sense, it's it's a huge change of life, kind of a new normal, you know, that we have to adapt to. And you know, there really are like these 
things, these new challenges that come up all the time. And it's, it's like, uh, wow, you know, never knowing quite what's ahead. Um, and there, there are a lot of practical issues to this as well as more kind of emotional ones. Um, practical issues are, are definitely important. And, and those are things like dealing with your studio, with your archives, um, in a blunt way, what happens to your work when you die? And I am hoping we'll we'll talk about these particular things in a later podcast. Uh, but today, more focus on the emotional aspects of aging, the creative aspects of art and aging. Um, so I would start by saying I think the physical, the particular physical limitations that we go through and we experience, they vary so much from person to person. So, you know, it's really hard to say much about them specifically, other than kind of what we said last week, that there are a lot of artists who um, have a drive to keep going in spite of what's happening with their their physical selves, their pain, their, their disease, their aging, whatever those things are. Um, but a few things that I've taken note of in, in my own art practice, and I will say, you know, in spite of talking about aches and pains, I, I am fortunately, thankfully, basically healthy. Um, and so I'm not in the position that many people are, which is a much worse condition. But um, things I've noticed in that situation where I, you know, I'm getting around, I'm doing things. Um, I definitely have a need to pace myself and accept a slower pace to my studio days. I am just not spending the the long stretches of time in the studio that I once did. I get tired quicker, you know, I got to sit down more and I take more breaks and and I just, you know, at first when I realized that was happening, that was kind of hard to accept because my picture of myself was you know, that I'm spending most of the day in the studio and that really isn't the case. Um, and I don't know, I sit down more, but I, I do take that as a time to look at the work, to contemplate, um, maybe pick up an art book or make some notes or something uh, to try to, you know, continue the, the creative mode even if I'm sitting there. Um one thing that has really been true for me, and I'm I'm coping with this right now, is being aware of actual physical posture because um, a lot of people, as they age, start to stoop over, to slump, to hunch their shoulders, all those things that, you know, you can get away with a lot of that when you're younger, but wow, at some point it sort of comes to haunt you. <laughs> that's Yeah, no kidding. That's happening for me now. I'm having some some pain as a result of, oh, just, yeah, not, not having correct posture. So uh, did you ever have uh, chiropractic care when you were younger? Not when I was young. No, I didn't, mm. I didn't do that till I was much older. And, you know, fortunately I have really good chiropractic care now. And, and he's the one, the chiropractor is the one that pointed out this pain is a result of certain postural things that I, I'm doing and kind of are part of the way I'm made. So I'm really trying to correct those and, and be conscious of it. And 
I know this is something that happens for yeah, like a lot of people at a certain age, uh, because you know, art making, it, depending on how you, what you do, is can be really physical. Oh, it's, sure. It's and and basically that's really a good thing. It's not a sedentary activity. Um, most I'd say most people when they're making art, they're moving around the studio in some way. Some people paint standing up, like I do. Um, some people are moving big things around, and you know using a kick wheel or something physical. And so, you know, that's all, that's all a good thing, but repetitive motion can absolutely become a problem. And I know, you know, that from making pottery yourself and um, it's, it is something to be very aware of and, uh, you know, and just kind of being cautious with things like lifting and carrying and, you know, loading the car (laughs) with big paintings and things like that. And and some people also do develop sensitivities uh, to their medium, and including you know sensitivity to solvents and things, and and so that can be problematic. And basically, right. I guess just you know staying flexible, staying okay. You know, if I'm not oil painting anymore, what else can I do? And I've definitely talked with people about this um, who just can't oil paint anymore. So yeah, and. Even even at my age, I mean, I I've developed a uh, over the last I think probably mostly couple of years because of of COVID stuff for the most part. <clears throat> um, I've developed a uh, an allergy to rubber accelerators, which are commonly used in hypoallergenic nitrile gloves. Yeah. Uh, so <laughs> I'm not allergic to latex or to rubber, but I'm allergic to uh, things that are used in in commonly used protective equipment. Um, especially in, in bartending and in the food industry. So that kind of has eliminated those uh, career options for me. Um, yeah. And if it was something that I used in my in my art, um, you know, that, that would be uh, really catastrophic. That would be, um, you know, a very big hurdle to overcome. It's, yeah, it's hard. And, you know, you mentioned gloves. A lot of artists use uh, nitrile gloves when they when they paint. And they should, you know. <laughs> they should. Um, I would like our, our listenership to be aware, though, that overuse of those things can can lead to sensitivity. Um, right. It's like the, the allergy that I developed uh, was likely from overexposure. Um, right. So uh, you should be careful about how you use various pieces of equipment um, and how much you use them. And right. it, it, research and see if there's... Uh, options that are less likely to produce those kinds of results. Yeah, and and kind of like I was saying with oil painting, you know, I've talked with people who are just kind of facing the facts. I can't do this anymore, and trying to be, you know, open to new ideas. Which the people that I had talked with were, you know, how can I, how can I use some of the techniques that I've been using in oil painting in, say, acrylics or something, and um. Yeah, it's a, it's a tough thing, and certainly, um, you know, years and years of doing the same thing can can lead to problems. So those are kind of just a few of the physical things, and like I said, it's I think those are you know pointed things about actual studio practice that are worth mentioning. Um, but you know, I kind of wanted to get into about some of the more positive things. Like I think there are some really positive. Um, emotional 
aspects of making art into old age, really, really healthy, good things. And I, I totally believe how fortunate I am and other artists are who are working late in life that we're so fortunate to have that um, in our lives, central to our lives. Um, whether you're not, whether or not you do art as your job, your income, or whether you do it for your own pleasure, you never retire. You know, this kind of a joke among artists, like, retire? What's that? You know, we're going to keep doing this as long as we can. And and that's such a good thing because it's just like knowing that that will always be there in some way in my life is very reassuring. Um, it's just kind of this constant companion um, refuge, really, uh, going forward. And just um, also in terms of factors that, you know, you can read articles about aging well, about brain health, and some of the things that are mentioned are supported by having a creative practice. And one of those is, um, you know, just keeping your brain active because, <laughs> you know, any any art practice involves this kind of decision-making all the time. Every step of the way, you're, you're problem-solving, you're figuring something out, um, you're challenging yourself. It involves uh, flexibility. And, you know, I think being flexible emotionally and mentally is a huge good thing as you age. You know, lots of people become rather stubborn and set in their ways as they age. And and artists can certainly do that in a lot of ways too. But when you're confronted with your art practice, I think you have to be, uh, you're accessing that sort of inner younger self and, you know, another kind of standing sort of uh, recognized situation is for older people is when you look in the mirror and you say, God, who's that? You know, I mean, it's not the image you have of yourself. You, you have this younger self inside of you, and and I think it's it's kind of cool that that inner self that you know is still there, who's kind of ageless, really, but perhaps younger, is the one that's keeping you going in your work. It's like you're energized and you're motivated and you're engaged. Um, you're growing, and I just, I just love that that part of me is still alive inside and and very, um, very present. Um, I think, uh, you know, another thing that you can read about articles about, you know, aging well and ways to keep yourself, you know, emotionally healthy is to have a sense of purpose. People that lose that, and sometimes people do when they retire from other jobs, they simply don't really know what to do with themselves. Um, and, and since we don't retire, we don't have that problem. Um, yeah, you, know, you hear a lot about this problem of, of men particularly retiring and then dying very shortly after. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and retirement being a thing that, that literally kills people. It is, um, and, yeah. And they, having a, a creative practice, whether it's your, your job or not, it's your vocation. Yep. And you, you sh- if you're called to create art, then you should never stop doing it. Right. And it, yeah, it's, it's an amazing benefit and liberating idea to think you don't retire. Um, may slow down, may change as we've mentioned, but it stays a part of you. 
and what you just mentioned is absolutely true. I, on a personal note, I kind of saw that happen with my own father. You know, he he retired and cast about for things that could fulfill him in the same way that his profession did. And I don't think he ever found it. And he didn't live all that long after. So it, it's, you know, whether it's a recognized within an individual or just something that is recognized in the medical community, that loss of purpose is, you know, it's true. Um, and that another, slowing down can be beneficial too, though, as well, because yeah. it it forces you to develop a sense of patience. I think. Hmm. Yeah, and and kind of taking the long view. I want to keep doing this as long as I can, so I'm going to take it easy. I'm going to slow down a bit. Um, I'm not really a great one to talk about slowing down, but every <laughs> every now and then, you know, it does occur to me that I should be doing this. But you know, it's. It's the energy that's still there, and I I do appreciate that. Um, Uh, Let's take a quick minute to talk about what's new from Cold Wax Academy. Our spring quarter membership program is well underway with lots of information about working with form and content and tips about professional development for artists at all stages of their careers. We are now looking ahead to our summer session, which begins on July 13th, which, side note, is my birthday. We're excited to be focusing on personal voice and composition, and we'll also be hosting some special guests to share more information about professional development. Member critiques and painting clinics, our new feature, are ongoing. You can join anytime and catch up with past recorded sessions at your own pace. Please visit coldwaxacademy.com for more information. That's coldwaxacademy.com. All right, let's get back into it. Okay, so and and Cold Wax Academy is actually part of the next thing that I want to talk about, which is that you know a little self promotion here. But Cold Wax Academy does keep a lot of people engaged in their work, and it provides a community. A lot of people that are members are starting to connect and um, with each other and support each other, talk to each other about their work. Um, have been doing for quite a while now, and that keeps growing. So this a sense of connection with other people, support for what you're doing is another one of those things that gets mentioned in lists of things that are good for your emotional health as you age is some kind of community, some kind of support. And of course, that can come from many places. But I do think that, um, you know, artists have special access to people that really connect with them about their work and this kind of daily activity that they do uh, that's very meaningful to them. Um, and one of the things I've, I've noticed over time is how that works across generations in ways that wouldn't ordinarily happen in, in social life. I have often been aware of, and myself, also, older artists connecting with younger ones, um, just really appreciating that that energy and you know um, fresh ideas, and younger artists connecting with older ones, um, appreciating their experience, um, their insight, and and just this kind of um, you know meeting and talking with people that you might not ordinarily do because of your age, and. I find that really interesting and, and stimulating. And, and sometimes that's as kind of a mentor-mentee thing, but not always. It certainly can just be as friends. Um, 
Well, and it's wonderful to have those kinds of social networks that where you end up hanging out with people who are um, who are older and younger than you because there's Absolutely. so much that you can gain from uh, interacting with people at various stages of life. Right. Um, it's and it works against that kind of isolation that definitely can happen with with aging. Um, to you know, to be around people of other ages, it's very healthy, I think. Um. So I think a lot of those things that I just talked about and we talked about are, they have this kind of trans, transcendent effect over at least those emotional problems of aging. Um, and they just kind of lead to the sense of well-being that can balance out those harder parts of aging. And I, I wanted to talk a little bit about this idea of transcendence actually as it applies to making art as well. Um, so I was throwing the word around in my head and thought, well, as I often do when I realize I'm going to bring it into a podcast, I look it up in the dictionary. And what I read there was uh, that it means to rise above negative or restrictive aspects of something. So, you know, we've been talking about how making art can transcend really the aging body, the physical body, because as long as we make art, as long as we can, um, even if it means some changes, some changes in how we do it, maybe. But I think it can also mean taking on, kind of taking on aging as part of your work, as part of your subject matter, and considering um, things about it that are beautiful about aging, as well as difficult. Absolutely. And, you know, sometimes that's done pretty directly and consciously, uh, in, in artists' work, um, but basically, when aging becomes part of your daily life and you're pulling, you know, your ideas for your art from who you are, from what you're experiencing, that easily and naturally can become part of your, your work and in a way that is transcendent. It's not moaning and groaning about aging. It's saying, you know, there are amazing things about it. Um, I I think of uh, Rembrandt's really beautiful self-portraits in old age. Um, they just, they're very moving um, and sort of have this certain, well, everything Rembrandt did had a sort of glow about it, but to, to bring that that beauty and transcendence to these images of himself as a very old man, it, it's just... Uh, I've always uh, taken heart with those, really, when I thought about aging when I was younger. Uh, this artist who kept reflecting his own um, self and his work in self-portraits well into old age. Uh, but, you know, however you do it, it doesn't have to be a self-portrait, but it's a way of connecting your your own reality, um, your, your insights, your wisdom. Um, and I think one of the things that you know, I notice as I age, I know a lot of people do, we just have a lot of appreciation. We pay a lot of attention to uh, small things. Um, you know, what what we see around us, what we're feeling, what we're thinking, everything becomes a little bit more precious, a little bit more appreciated, because we, at some point, your awareness shifts to this is finite in terms of at least our time in this realm. 
And so we have this kind of tenderness, I think, toward the world that is something I didn't have as a younger person. You know, I think I was oblivious to a lot of things. So when you pay that kind of attention to what's around you, um, what you're experiencing, I think that absolutely tends to come into your work in, in some way or another. Um, and there's a lot of artists that we can look at that have done really lovely work in their old age that kind of shows that um, sensitivity, I guess. And I, I, I have to mention Matisse because a lot of people do think of him um, making art in his old age. Uh, he was confined to his bed or his wheelchair. And, you know, as a lot of you know, he's working with these um, cut paper collage images. And they were joyful. I mean, his themes were like figures and animals and flowers and lots of movement and animation. And I think it's another kind of transcendence. I mean, he's he's confined to his bed or his wheelchair, and he's celebrating this, you know, joyous aspect of life and, and um, this kind of buoyant figures. And I was interested to read, I read a little bit more about this when I was going to do the podcast here. And some of this was smaller work, and he was doing some illustration type work and smaller works on paper. But some of the bigger pieces he made really were for his house and his studio and for his own enjoyment. And what he was doing in several of these was actually recreating places that he had loved when he was out and about in the world. And now he missed. Um, and he described one called the parakeet and the mermaid, which was this big mural that uh, cutouts that covered couple walls in his studio. He said, it's a little garden all around me where I can walk. <laughs> I just love that, you know. And and he also made a mural for his dining room based on a swimming pool that he loved and he could no longer use. And it's composed of figures that are diving and swimming. And that's now been um, moved and, and put up in, in a museum. Um, so I think these works that he did late in life are so poignant considering the limitations of his physical body that he could. Yeah. And there, I think in our culture, there's a, a tendency to view um, like some a, a phase earlier in life as being a peak and then it, it things kind of going downhill. Right. Um, and, and there isn't necessarily a, a, a reverence for age that, that existed in times past, which there absolutely should be. Right. Um, and, and I think until you actually experience it in its, in its uh, beauties and joys as well as its difficulties, uh, it's, it's hard to really understand that. And, and maybe the, you know, the physical difficulties do bring more uh, pleasure to, to what you can appreciate. And, and that also that slowing down. I mean, you know, Last night when I, I was, you know, closing up the studio, I'd gone up there after dinner, um, found the energy to do that, and I was leaving. I walked outside, and the sky was just incredible. There were mm. these amazing cloud formations. And, you know, I just I just sat there. I pulled up a chair, and I just sat outside for a while and looked at the clouds and the sky. And it it was really a conscious 
slowing down, appreciating, and, you know, you realize these moments are limited. And I think that's, that is the awareness that you don't have when you're younger, you know, that, um, I'm feeling a little bit choked up here, but you know, it's it is a deep appreciation, mm. um, and and so I think it brings a certain uh, wisdom or insight as you age if you pay attention, you know, and if you if you notice your own feelings and you notice uh, your interactions with people, that you know brings us kind of kind of beautiful weight to things that absolutely can come into your work. And it's something, you know, when I've been painting lately that I try to bring to my own work, and I've been doing these very layered, very textural kind of surfaces, even more so than in the past, um, that seem to express to me that, you know, just that complexity of years and the way of painting that I paint and many people who work in a similar way is layering, you know, and layering uh, has these connotations of building up and breaking down, you know, and so the actual form of the work is expressing something about these uh, many years of life. So uh, it's, it's a deep topic. I think it's one that a lot of people, um, become attuned to late in life. A lot of artists do. And I do I do enjoy looking at the work of older artists and thinking, what have they brought to it, you know, over the years? Well, I I don't want to get too biblical, but I, I do have uh, a couple of verses that uh, I think are relevant to the subject here, especially at, at the towards the end of the podcast. Um, and uh, it's from a, a book in the Bible called Ecclesiastes, which is a book of wisdom. Oh, yeah. And uh, so this is from chapter 7, and uh, this is verses uh, 8 through 10. So, better is the end of a thing than its beginning. The patient in spirit are better than the proud in spirit. Do not be quick to anger, for anger lodges in the bosom of fools. Do not say, why were the former days better than these? For it is not from wisdom that you ask this. Yeah. And I wonder if the other one you're going to read is to everything there is a season. <laughs> ah, yeah, <laughs> I could have gone there. Yeah, but, yeah. Uh, I mean, this, that's this was... that's an old bird song from the yeah seventh sixties as well that we often think of. But yeah. So, do you have any final thoughts to wrap up this episode? Yeah, I keep getting back to that idea of transcendence, and and I've always felt that it's one of art's important roles in the world at large. I mean. You know, we always think of art as as bringing us new awareness, bringing us out of the ordinary, I suppose. And, and it's a way to rise above a potentially negative situation, which is, of course, the physical body becoming slower, becoming more painful, becoming more restricted. But art as a way to express the more, you know, profound and beautiful aspects of a long life, um, and appreciating the role that art has in aging well and staying vital, the things that we talked about, keeping your your brain active, keeping you from being too sedentary, 
So anyway, it's a pretty wonderful thing to be able to pursue. And I, I guess this podcast has really been about that appreciation. All right. Well, that just about wraps up this episode of The Messy Studio. For more from The Messy Studio, please check out www.messystudiopodcast.com and sign up for the email list. You can also find The Messy Studio on Facebook, as well as public profiles for both Rebecca Kroll and myself, Ross Tickner. For more from Rebecca Kroll, please check out www.rebeccacroll.com and Cold Wax Academy at www.coldwaxacademy.com and sign up for the email lists to stay up to date on events, book signings, and openings. The Messy Studio is a Tick Digital Media production. Thanks for listening. We'll be back again next week with more art and entertainment. In the meantime, embrace your creative space, messy or otherwise. Thanks, everybody.